to Teaching Channel Talks. Every other week, I'll be talking to expert educators about how to best address the most challenging issues in education. I'm your host, Wendy Amato. This week, I'm joined by Kwamara Thompson. Kwamara is the Managing Director of Programs and Partnerships at Classroom Inc. Read to Lead. Kwamara, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Wendy. Read to Lead, it's a game-based platform helping students to develop literacy skills, life skills, and career skills. Tell me more about it. Yeah, so um, that's exactly right. So the idea was to really use real world workplace scenarios to really engage, their original idea was to engage struggling readers back into the classroom. And we do that by allowing them to be the boss of different workplace scenarios, right? I mean, all students, all young people think that they know everything. <laughs> so, you know, to have that agency, oftentimes I think students feel like their, their agency and their voice is not really heard in a traditional classroom. And Read to Lead allows them to do that. It allows them to um, manage a diverse staff, first and foremost. It allows them to read through the game at their own pace. Um, the lovely part about it being a game is that it, um, it allows them to fail in really safe ways. One of the objectives of Read to Lead is student empowerment. And I am hearing in your words that if we are empowering students, if we're giving them the authority to make decisions, we also have to accept the decisions that they make or the way that they prioritize use of resources or the order of events that they choose to follow. Student empowerment is also about letting go of the outcomes and accepting the way that the students are determining those. Can you talk to me a little bit about the format for this? You've talked, you mentioned debating choices. Is the program interactive in that way between students? Is there a way that teachers or parents should use this to maximize its effectiveness and move towards the outcomes set by the program? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um, and I love the fact that you said, like, we have to let go and let students um, have their agency and make their decisions and honor those decisions based off of their reasoning. And I say that because we oftentimes tell educators, you guys are facilitators of this experience, right? Like you're facilitating the experience for students. And so there are several different components to read to lead. There's one of the gamification piece, which is I log in, I go to my day of work, I interact, I'm solving for these larger problems. But then there's this additional aspect where we can do um, debate questions. And so educators can set up debate questions between students, have them talk about what it is that they went through in the game. But regardless of whether you're a high flying student or a student that's struggling a little bit with your reading comprehension or with learning English uh, as a second language, you're still going through the general same experience. And so you can still talk to your peers about what it was like to be the boss, what was it like to go through this episode, you're still solving for the same problem, you may not have gotten to the same conclusion, and that's okay, that's awesome, because we're talking about learning, being able to speak and present, and present your ideas, um, both verbally and obviously in the, in the written form. And so that's the game experience, like I said, then there's these wraparound materials. Um, individual teachers, school leaders, school buildings and districts are trying to make decisions right now with some new monies that have come available from the government and they are asked to make evidence-based purchases. What kind of evidence can we get from Read to Lead that would help us to understand its place within our programs or our districts? 
Yeah, absolutely. If you go to readtolead.org and then you go to our case studies, we have years of data that back up Excellent. all the work that we've done. We've been in this business for over 25 years. Um, we've had um, we've had outside studies conducted. We've had surveys, and you'll see all of this data that says that you know students who um, work within our program, especially struggling students, really make up a lot of growth, about a year and a half's worth of doing one year's worth of um, read to lead, right? And so they really show some, some strength on this data assessment. I believe that reading is the foundation for all other learning. Can you talk about literacy as a foundational skill? a required ingredient for achievement. Well, you and I had the same philosophy. It is absolutely a foundational skill. Um, when, the question really is like, when are you not reading? Even just walking down the street, driving, you're constantly reading, you're constantly bringing in information and you have to have the ability to quickly synthesize and make an analysis, even if you're not even aware of what it is that you're doing. And that's the foundation of being able to to read. Uh, we read in everything that we do. Uh, we read problems in math class, right? We are reading rules in the gym, <laughs> you know, in the gym and sports and healthcare and physics. Everywhere we go, you have to have a foundation for reading. But the what I think is so important is not just the comprehension of words and understanding the meaning of words, but actually really understanding context and how do I take all this information that I'm getting all the time and really being able to synthesize, analyze, and support whatever decision that I'm making. And that's really the beauty of Read to Lead. Yes, we can help you understand the meaning of words, but we take that so much more a step further. And then you can really, and we help students, you know, oftentimes kids are like, why am I learning this? What does this have to do with my, my life? But we, we answer that question. This is what it has to do. We may help you do that career exploration, make those school, career, real world connections. But yes, absolutely, the foundation is always, always about reading. Even though students are doing career exploration, um, they're engaging culturally relevant material, the foundation of what we do is about reading, um, is about reading those words, is about more time spent um, engaging with, uh, engaging with, I would say animated text. It's not just text, but it's animated text that students are engaging in. When I hear you making the connection between literacy and real world or literacy and career path, it, it, it sparks something important. I think a lot of students feel like reading just leads to more reading. And if you're not a fan of reading in the first place, it makes it a little bit of a paradox to want to advance in that. Somehow the reward for being a good reader is that you get bigger, heavier, longer books. <laughs> but I hear you saying that as students advance through, they get to have more realistic experiences, more challenges, more things to consider, moves them into perhaps some higher order thinking. That's exactly right. You're, you're so right that like, you know, as, as someone who's an avid reader, I'm like, oh, well, I can read in a thousand page um, <laughs> book, but I get that that's not for everyone. But what's what's great is that the reading allows the students to tap into, and I think this is so important, tap into their voice, tap into their agency, because it's not just about reading, it's about being able to then say, based off of what I read, this is what I believe. And they start coming up with a, an identity or start being able to communicate that identity um, at a different level um, with evidence, right? With their own evidence. 
I want to pause on that topic for a moment and and ask you to speak directly to the question of representation within read to lead. When I was young in the 70s and learning to read, it was harder to find books that had characters that looked like me. Talk about that. As we know, there is a dearth of um, literature in the US public school system that shows representation and diversity. Um, I think the statistic is now, you know, it's it's 80% from um, just seeing sort of white middle class, and then you've got about 10% animals, and then, you know, the rest are people of color, including black folk, uh, which is really sad. Um, and so one of the reasons why I absolutely um, is such a proponent of Read to Lead and why I came to, to work for them five years ago is because of the intentionality of the diversity of characters of being able to see folks who A, look like a lot of our students, so number one, uh, but number two, and if they don't look like you per se, you can see a representation of what it is to live in the United States, what a normal workplace would kind of look like with diverse characters. Um, and, and it's not just a diversity of ethnicity, we have a diversity of languages that are represented, a diversity of cultures, um, a, a diversity of different sort of family units. And so we, we have it all, and I think it's so important. Um, we also have someone, we, we, we have someone who's um, not able-bodied, one of the characters, and there is not an able-bodied person. And I've, I've received so much feedback about, I have never <laughs> seen someone not able-bodied in any literature for students, thank you. And that's, that's the power of having such diverse representation Within, within the game. And so it's been amazing for um, our students, or especially our black and brown students to see not only the characters that are in positions of power, but of course they themselves are the boss. So they themselves are seeing themselves in a workplace as in a managerial role, which is not often something that we see. And we know that it is something that we are working on across the country to find, uh, to, to have more diversity and equity in managerial leadership and board roles. And so we're, this is our little slice <laughs> of trying to um, really talk about and uh, be sensitive to the cultural responsiveness uh, of, of our time. You make a good point about seeing ourselves reflected in the literature. The, the, the depth of your response to me comes from seeing people of all kinds of differences interacting successfully. It's not, it's it, seeing yourself as one layer and seeing interaction among and between diverse peoples is a, a, a more robust consideration. Kumara, while I have you here and while we're sharing with educators, are there any misconceptions about Read to Lead or are there any myth busters that we can put to rest while we're together? Well, I will say this. Uh, we believe a lot in access and equity. And so as a result, all of the things that I'm talking about are currently free. There's no paywall. Um, and so oftentimes people hear how robust the program is and they're like, well, how much time to pay for all that? And the answer <laughs> is, the catch, right? <laughs> well, yeah, what's the catch? Or for like how long or what's the max? Um, as of now, you can use, you have unlimited educator accounts, unlimited student accounts, um, and all the wraparound materials are free. 
Kumara, you're the Managing Director of Programs and Partnerships at Classroom Inc. Read to Lead. Thank you for sharing time with me and for sharing valuable information with fellow educators. You were called into this vocation. It got its arms around you and held you. <laughs> it absolutely did. And I will never, it will never let me go. <laughs> Kumara and Read to Lead have incredible resources for educators. Thank you all for helping us to learn more through you. To my fellow educators, thanks for joining me this week. You can find the links that Kumara and I discussed in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. If you leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you use, it will help more educators to find us and I'd sure appreciate it. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>